Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Zealous State of Mind podcast. You have the guru of gains, probably a part of the West West Network. Today's guest is Corey Gregory, who runs Max Effort Muscle. He has various businesses. He does a lot of different things, but they sell apparel, supplements, uh, programming, and the system for getting jacked pretty much, uh, healthy, getting in shape. So diet, uh, training, uh, pretty much everything. So you can check out his stuff, Corey G Fitness. He's on uh, Instagram and his website. Plenty of great stuff there, but I was really excited to have this guy on. Been following for a few years. I listened to, obviously, a lot of podcasts, but he was on Barwell Shrugged, which is one of the um, uh, OG type of podcast fitness ones. And he was on there, and I, I sort of followed him from there, squat every day. Um, lunge 400 800 meter lunges he's done some crazy stuff and i uh, really resonate with some of the things he's done and i just like his mindset and yeah and thoughts about consistency and different things like that really getting after things so i was a bit uh fanboying uh being able to have him on the podcast and uh yeah got to ask i guess some general questions because i know maybe some of the listeners in new zealand didn't know uh some of the background so asked about that so the listeners could get some context but also some personal questions that i was interested in asking about as well so a lot of great stuff in here he's obviously a weightlifter and business but yeah he's a businessman as well so a lot of gyms in there for business training and life in general quite a quite a wild uh wise guy and he has a lot of great contact content out there and uh, which which i'll be looking at doing as well in the future uh, just in the middle of some programming now so once you run through that uh give that lunge lunge a crack as well i've never done that lunge and learn so excited to give that a go uh before we get into the episode just uh, much love and condolences to uh the west west network or the Kalava family and friends it was sad uh sad and um yeah, heartbreaking to lose uh, also I say Kalava. Uh, I felt like he was just starting to get in this groove of the podcasting and everything like that. He definitely had a gift of communication and connecting with people, and he'll be sorely missed and lost and loved uh, forever. Um, I'm I'm not really like a, a emotional emotional guy. Uh, not many things will get to me and um maybe that's why i've got two girls and my wife they sort of <laughs> help bring out the uh, soft side of me but anyway um man I, I don't know i don't really cry that much but yeah hearing um getting a phone call from my wife hearing that he had passed away man yeah shed some tears a few times uh thinking about it uh just going too early had a lot of stuff ahead of him to to do and uh, give so be sorely missed for you know Rani Rani community and family or just the West Auckland in general had, you know he was the mayor of Rani and knew everyone was loved by everyone so again watch uh, much much love and condolences to to everyone out there all right guys uh, before we, we start the show remember uh, to check out 
all the West West Network uh, podcast articles, everything that's happening there, socials, and the West uh, and the website. All right, hope you enjoy the show. Remember to stay ready and move every day. Peace. Zealous, zealous state of mind. This is the zealous state of mind. Zealous state of mind. Yeah, it's the state of mind. This is the zealous state of mind. Zealous state of mind. <laughs> nah, thanks, thanks for uh, jumping on, Corey. Really appreciate it, man. Like being a big, uh, fan, big, big fan of your stuff uh, from the barbell shrug days, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, being a big inspiration for me. Uh, so, you know, it's an honor to have you here today. So appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I know all about you, but just for the listeners, if you could uh, please start us off a little bit about your background, where you're from, sort of leading up to you running uh, Max Effort. That, that'd be awesome, man. Sure. Um, so started off lifting weights as a 12-year-old. My grandfather fell in love with it. Um, you know, fourth-generation coal miner, um, you know, grew up very blue collar, humble beginnings, um, but really fell in love with fitness and didn't realize it could be what it is today or probably even be my job at that point, but just knew that I really didn't like doing anything else. And so when I got to the point where I figured out, you know, kind of late in high school that there was this thing called personal training and that I could actually maybe have a job doing something that I love to do it really resonated with me to try to go all in and give it a shot. And I really was um, tired of watching family members dislike their jobs or struggle. And I really wanted to try to have my own gym and do something I love every day. Um, so I worked um, as a, I worked in a sawmill stacking lumber. Then I worked in an underground coal mine, saved my money to move to the city, which is Columbus. <laughs> and start that kind of process as a you know 19 year old at community college one year degree um to kind of start this path and dream of being a fitness entrepreneur and um, that was in 1999 and it's what 2022 and i've been full-time um in some capacity in fitness this entire time i, I haven't had another job since the coal mine so <laughs> it's been uh a very, very uh, interesting, wild ride, but I'm super blessed, and it's it's been unbelievable. So, yeah, cool. cool. Thanks for that. I, I really, I think I really gravitated to to your stuff for uh, like a number of reasons, but one of them was that you wanted to lift weights for a living, and that's something that I've I've really connected with and really resonate with. And, <laughs> and like you've said, you know, there's not really like a proper career path. Uh, not many. And it's not something that's encouraged. And well, for me, it was firstly like athletics, you know, obviously playing sports. I wanted to play pro, didn't make it. But that along the way, because you're training for your sport, you love the gym. And then I sort of fell in love with that. And um, so, really, yeah, I really love that story. Um, There's really, there was really like no path, especially in, you know, figure 1999 or 98, when I figure out this is what I'm going to do, there's no internet. I don't know one person that's a personal trainer. I live in a coal mining town, which steel workers and coal miners, like no one has a job lifting weights. So there was literally like zero like path for me. It was like, I had to really go figure it out, which was with, with really low to no resources. It was, you know, and not really that much money. 
it was very, very kind of like scary, lonely kind of area because I really just didn't even know if it was possible. So I was like kind of uncovering it um, along the way, but lifting weights and getting paid always sounded really good in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I, got, I didn't even um, pass school C, like, uh, and I uh, started a gym with my family. We ran it for eight years. They, they still going on, but um, it, it was pretty crack up just uh, being able to do that. And, and it's really cool, it's, you know, sort of following your journey from back then and, and, you know, picking different ideas and things that I can sort of take on and learn from. So that's pretty awesome. Um, 4am crew. Uh, how did that start? You know, it's pretty, cause over here it's, it's 3.30 AM. So I usually train at like 6am. So 3.30 is like pretty full on. That's pretty, uh, so yeah, I wake up at five, train at six, but four, four AM. Sorry. Where are you located? Uh, New Zealand, New Zealand. New Zealand. All right. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so the way the 4AM uh, crew started was really by design of we were so busy um, with running all these businesses. I used to train at 7 because a lot of times I had clients at 5, like when I was a trainer. Yeah. And then 7, I had a minor break, so I would I would go ahead and lift then. And then as I started these other businesses, my phone started ringing then. And then I couldn't just be lifter, Corey. I had then had to be business, Corey, and I'm trying to lift that doesn't fucking work for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause I was a lifter before I was ever a business guy. Like I, I'm a lifter first, like plain and simple. Like a lot of times people maybe don't realize that about me because a lot of the business stuff that's done well, but the reality is none of that happens if the fucking iron isn't a major part of my life. And it always has been. So I really looked at like, we started, we started going at five and then uh, there was a couple guys that needed to come at four because of work. And I just said, fuck it, let's, let's go at four. And what's interesting, <laughs> there was only about four or five of us at five. When it hit four, the lightweight exploded. And it was mostly because you could really, like most guys weren't like, they weren't stressed about getting to work. You, you could, uh, you know, they really got any excuse at that point. And it, it really weeded out um, some of the people and brought in some really like high level disciplined people. And then I just had, I just could get so much done by the time it was like eight o'clock, like when my kids were going to school, like I had a whole day's work done <laughs> from the gym, from audio material, from writing, from recording stuff. Like, so I realized the efficiency of how, if I could keep this up, which I knew I could from, I sleep like a really high quality, even though I don't sleep very long because of my diet, nutrition, just, I think my stress levels and kind of the way that I operate. And I was recovering while well, still competing and I was balanced and all that stuff. And I still had time obviously with my kids after work and all that. And I was just like, you know what? I was like, if I can execute this for a period of time, I'm going to beat everybody. Now that's like beating myself is what I'm really looking like. I know that I can progress my career because most people aren't willing to do this. And if I'm willing to do this for a decade or more or however long it's been, how does that not progress my career and my interests and, you know, my own physique and just like all of that consistency kind of compounded together. And so then it became where, you know, uh, to be involved in it. Now it's the gym's private. So you can't just come and train here, get a guest pass. Like we don't have that anymore. It's more of like a West side type of situation. And so now being in the crew is a pretty serious thing. It's a lot. I mean, it's a powerlifting team, but it looks like a fucking bodybuilding team. These people are all super jacked and strong. And it's from the protocols, it's from the years of the consistency, 
and we got just a straight bunch of savage motherfuckers in there, man. And it's awesome. So <laughs> I'm very protected of it. I'm very proud of it. And I just want to make it as, as to be great. I want this to be our golden era um, where the pictures that Trey has captured over the last couple of years, they can go back and just be like, damn, these motherfuckers are strong, big, drug-free, making some like, you know, crazy things happen. And so we, we're building something real special right now, man. So that's beautiful. Is it uh, mon- Monday to Friday? Like, uh, and what happens when you're away? Cause you know, obviously you're the one who started it all and, you know, brought the energy, obviously still bring the energy, but yeah, without the leader there, something, you know, like, uh, I would say like five to seven kind of OGs that have been there almost the entire time, you know, I had been, so it's like, uh, and then a few like really strong, like guys are holding some records in some of the organizations. So there's definitely some leadership that's outside of me, you know, that um, make sure that guys are on their shit. But yeah, I mean, some of the guys that aren't, aren't competing as much anymore, or, you know, they live kind of far away from the new location. They, they tend to miss some days when I'm out of town for sure. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that like if, sometimes when I wasn't around or like oh, my mate's gyms, you know, when the owner or the, the guy's not around, it sort of it dips a little bit. But I would can, say for the most part on the on the main days, which is like the main powerlifting days, which is Monday through Wednesday for us, uh, the way that I program, the the guys that are in the room that are trying to get better and competing, they're there. You know what I mean? And so, the, uh, look, I try to balance like what's reality of life and what's my expectation. That sometimes gets a little confused because I'm kind of fucking nuts. But, uh, but what, what we got going on is, is is pretty amazing, and I'm yeah, I'm super proud of it. And you know, I'm I'm getting healthy again right now, getting ready to compete in a couple of weeks, and so like just excited to be back on the platform again. You know, in 2022. So, how do you get uh, guys to tattoo their gym on them, and or you know the 4 a.m. I see a few of your boys. They get to me like me and my wife talk about that because I I went to the best school in New Zealand, uh, Mad Abu Grammar Mags for short. And some of the guys get tattoos on them. And then, like, I follow, you know, different people. And I feel like you transcend when when uh, when your crew or your people want to tattoo. Like, I've got the name of my thing on my back, but I didn't think I got to that level because none of my members did in that. But I did. You know, pretty, I'm pretty all in. But, how, how you know, what, what do you got to create? What do you got to do to get that? You know what I mean? That's the next level to me. You know what I mean? Well, I think, um, like, Cole Susak just mm, – Yeah, yeah. Out of them, you're probably referencing that. So, like, when guys tattoo the gym or the something that's based around the crew, like there's a few 4 a.m. crew tattoos out there, too. It's like there has to be a representation of change, not just in the gym, right? It's like a way we operate. And what Cole wrote, I think, was really well said because it was, like, five years of formative time um, during his, like, even growing up really from like late teens through like, you know, young professional, but all the this stuff that he learned inside of the gym and applied outside of the gym, all the fucking brotherhood that's inside of the gym and outside of the gym. And, and then the discipline based around when we train and what we do and how we can fucking compete on a fucking dime if we want to like that's stepping up and like all of those things kind of incorporate that. So I think when guys, um get old school or 4am tattooed there there's been a some type of thing that's changed about them because of the way that we operate right and that there's a pride in being a part of this and that's that's why i'm like uh that's why i'm like it's so important to me because i know it can like change um i think the way a person can have even more success believe in themselves more 
Um, I think the discipline and consistency that's taught through it, I think missing weights, making weights, you know, um, all of these things, all, it's not just going and lifting. Right. So, and I think also the wealth building stuff that goes on in our crew, like a lot of people don't realize that, that we're talking about all of these things that can make us way better outside. So yeah, like we might be pulling some crazy heavy deadlifts, but the guys could be talking about NFTs or fucking stocks in between. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there, there's like a different uh, situation that's going on kind of within these younger dudes. And so that, that type of, that thing, when you, when you're in that environment, right. And it's killers only get better. Um, obvious progress is going on all around. It makes you feel something different. So then if you have a tattooed on you and you move on at some point, that's never not going to represent that mm. for the rest of your life. That's the way I kind of look at it. Right. Like old school is an approach to how you operate. Old school is a mentality. Old school is a gym too, but it's all of those things. And it just kind of wraps up, I think, about just what, what's really going on here. Mm. Now, I love that. That's, that's really something special when, when you get to that level and, and the boys buy, buy in like that. Uh, what's the wife like? For me, I like... Does the wife, does she still get surprised with some of the crazy stuff we do? Or like, because for me, like I train on my, like my wedding day, um, her, her, like a friend that she grew up with, uh, sadly passed away recently. Um, I know him for about five years. I still train. Like I still have to train, like obviously the morning, like, you know, try to be there, but I still got to train and do these different things. And I think it's getting to the point where she's not as surprised, but for, for a few years there, she'll be surprised on like certain days that we're like, you still got to get out there and sweat. Like just chill out. Um, yeah. How's that for you? Yeah. Do I surprise my wife with being crazy? No, but I think, yeah, she, cause she's been with me the whole time. That's what's been amazing. Right. Since I was that, since I was young. So I was like 19. So let me turn this off one bit. I think the, I think the thing that is probably the most interesting about her is I find myself, this is going to sound funny, looking for her approval. (laughs) Everyone else. Like she's like, you're always getting plenty of internet approval. Like basically go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like always been like just real down to earth and real like in reality. And she'll say I'm like out of reality, which is part of how I was able to build this stuff. You know what I mean? Because of that. I'm definitely in my own world. I've, I've created my own kind of ecosystem and all that. So yeah, so she has a great balance for me and she's just really kind of sarcastically funny about it too, which is perfect because she's the best for chipping at me probably when I might be feeling myself too much, but then also she's the first one that'll grab me and, and bring me up and when, when I really need it too. So, you know, she, I remember right after I left MP you know, that was a couple of weeks. It was kind of a little somber. And she was like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. <laughs> the, people that, the people that are, you know, following and are going to be on your new projects, like they're here because you're, you're not this guy, you're a fucking winner. So like get your shit together basically. So it's <laughs> like, you know, there's, that's, what's been really amazing about her is those things. And at the end of the day, she's not really a materialistic person at all too, which, you know, I've always wanted to have all these like lavish things that I grew up with no money and, um, want to push and she was like look I'd rather you retire and us live in a way different house like it, it does I don't have to have a new car and it, she's just not really that way we, 
we went to Italy and shopped at Gucci and I don't think she's ever carried the purse once. Like, you know, so it's like, I think she gives me a really good perspective on a lot of different things, which is why she's been a perfect match for me. Mm. Nice, man. Um, uh, you know, Westside, when Louis, you know, they talk about him, uh, like when, when Westside finishes, I guess you don't want to think too far in the future, but I guess is your son or your boy going to take, take over? Like, because when I, when I left um, Zealous, uh, which Jim was, Jim was called Zealous CrossFit. I took the name just Zealous, obviously not CrossFit, but Zealous. And everybody was pretty pissed off about it. I guess fair enough because, you know, everyone invested and stuff like that. But I was going to leave it, but I couldn't bear to see the name portrayed in a way that other than the vision that I had seen for it. And so I felt like a real, you know, douchebag taking it. But then at the same time, I couldn't let that happen. Like, how is that for you? Like with the legacy going forward, I don't know if it's your son or your boys, um, you know, carrying the name on of, of what you've created. That's a really great question. No one's ever asked me that. Um, I think cause my, my oldest is 16. So he just like probably in the last year, year and a half, got like really into lifting, did his first powerlifting meet. Um, I can tell he loves it. Like it doesn't really like he'll train now, just not because I tell him to go train or, you know, cause his friends, whatever. So will he, I don't know that he will do it as a, as a career. He's really good at finance and stuff like that, but you just never know. Right. My youngest is, uh, is only 10. So from the boy standpoint, um, it's like, I don't know. I haven't really thought that far ahead to where mm. is it something that then goes on like another generation like of old school or max effort or whatnot i think because in our world our life changes so much so fast i have a hard time thinking much past quarter over quarter let alone i know in theory what i was trying to like create like a financial iq a setup investments like I think I knew the broad structure of what I was going to try to like lay out. Right. And then the teaching and the, and the just like different kind of way of operating from how my family operated growing up, but I never really have any preconceived like ideas on passing the torch and doing this or whatever. I think that I'm going to build these businesses with my guys and, and our team as great as it can be. And then what that evolution is, whether it, sells one day or it we keep it for 50 years i don't know the gym's kind of a different situation right because i think the gym will be here as long as dustin and i wanted to be here you know it's just like um and i'm not planning on quitting competing anytime soon i still love it and enjoy it um but these other things that we build you just never know so i don't really um i always look at like am i still having fun and am i still enjoying who i'm working with and we still making money. And if all those are yeses, not, you know, then I'm probably just going to keep it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, you just mentioned about competing in that, like how long um, do you think you can keep making gains for, you know, cause you sort of going against the typical thing of, you know, once you get past 35, you know, whatever, uh, you know, testosterone, you know, drops or whatever, but you're still making gains. And, and when I hear you talk on your podcast, you're still just as excited as if you're like 20, 25, uh, you know, about making gains and training and everything like that. It doesn't seem like there's no dip at all. Like, yeah, how, how, how is that for you? Like in terms of competing and making gains? So I really didn't figure out some of these protocols till I was like in my late thirties. So that's what's kind of crazy. Like figure I started squatting every day in like 
2015, I think. So you're thinking like, or 14, something like that. I'll have to look back, but we've only really been using the lunges as the protocols for like maybe like eight years. So I found these like later in my career. And so I got some of my best results because of the protocols, right? And now with the band waves and all this wild shit we're doing, now it is like pretty wild to see like the younger guys what they're capable of because of they don't they like go through some of this other shit. They kind of walked into the these protocols that were kind of finished, but now they really are to some degree and we're tweaking some things. But yeah, I mean, I'm really set probably to make a couple all-time numbers at 81 um, and multiply at this meet. And really it's given me some really like, you know, like optimistic thoughts about, as I say, you know, healthier than I have the last couple of years. I, I had a shoulder problem and then I had a, a QL issue and they were kind of on top of each other. So I had kind of a rocky like year and a half. So I was starting to wonder like, Hey, wonder, you know, I mean, you know, I'll be 44, but then, um, I, I almost squatted six, eight. I actually squatted six eighty at two fifteen um, at the last meet, but they, they turned it down, but still I handled the weight really easy. And then, you know, I probably squat something close to that, but at one eighty one this time. So it's like one of those things where I keep seeing. And then now I'm on day today. The new streak is like today was 98 days of 800 meters in a row. So as I'm stringing these things together, I'm starting to remember how I felt previously when I was making all-time numbers and yeah, I mean, who's to say why I can't continue it. So I think it's like, uh, definitely like really optimistic about my performance, um, from the secondary masters, which is, I think it's 45 and 50. I just try <laughs> <laughs> to take them all. <laughs> so I still love it just the same as I did probably when I was 12 or 13 years old, it really hasn't changed for me. I mean, at the end of the day, like, um, this is what I, I'm a weightlifter, man, like through and through. That's what I love about CT. He would say that all the time. Like this, will, this is what I am. This is what I do. Like, and he wasn't able to do it as his job for most of his life. You know, he was a postman. I, I've been fortunate to build businesses to do something I love. And yeah, it's been rocky and it's been up and it's down sideways. And it's looked a little different at times, but the all base was to be, it was always based around, you know, lifting weights and getting paid. So sometimes it's supplements, sometimes it's training, sometimes it was ownership of the gym. Like it, it's always looked a little different, but yeah, man, it's, um, I just don't know that that really leaves you unless you can't actually lift. Like I, when I was around Westside, um, when I first moved up here, like I had been here for a little while, but when I started going up there, um, Louis was competing in his last meet. And he was 62, I believe, and squatted 80. I'll never forget it because I was training with them during that training cycle. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this motherfucker is old. Right? <laughs> I don't agree with the drug use and all that stuff. That's that's their thing. But what I saw methodology-wise, because I was learning, I saw, like, how much he could. He loved it. Like, he just wanted to be on the platform with his guys so bad. And that's how I feel when I was banged up the last couple of years squatted 805 he benched like four like mid fours and pulled like 675 totaled something like ridiculous at like 62 that was his last meet i believe but i, I trained with him a little bit on that last cycle it was fucking ridiculous <laughs> uh, so I saw, I saw that as like a real good kind of like way for me to kind of operate in my own way like create a fucking savage group of like you know really strong lifters quality content, continue to compete. I mean, I've competed every year 
but the year before last since 1997. Man. I mean, so powerlifting or bodybuilding. Yeah. Or mostly both. Yeah. So, I mean, I got held a streak and the one year I didn't compete was partly because of COVID and partly because of my shoulder. Mm. So it's like, you know, I've been a wild man for a long time. So I feel pretty blessed to be, you know, be able to be in the game. Now I didn't say I was getting first and all that stuff, but I was there, you know what I mean? And I was yeah, trying yeah. to progress myself. So yeah, that'd be, that's, that's, that's crazy. Like making, you know, all-time bests at 50 and things like that. Hey, you know, guys are struggling to get around with their dad bods and things like that. Hey. <laughs> I've, never, I've never operated on some like traditional set of rules. I've always thought that like, I was never really like a great athlete, but I always knew I would put in the work, whether it was the research, whether it was the actual work to like try to give myself a leg up, you know, in, in, in every possible nutrition, every possible fucking supplement, like, everything but basically taking drugs like i was going to work you know all of that stuff and do hopefully mostly like an optimal level of things to get the results and um and, and very curious constantly constantly curious about um the programming and trying new things and being around really smart people and i think that i've you know i just never really put any like kind of like numbers on myself now the last year or so there was definitely some times where I started to question a little bit, but then as I kept getting incrementally better, I was like, well, shit, what's possible, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I don't really think anything's really out of reach. Hmm. So well, Consistency, I know you're massive on that. Uh, the lunge and learn, like, you know, I heard you mention that you got sore before, like maybe for early on, but you're on like day 90 something. Do you still get sore or, not, or how, <laughs> how's that? Um, sometimes like it depends on what the, you know, a lot of people when they hear the lunges, they, they might not realize that's not my main workout. That's after the main workout. So yeah, if we have like heavy ass, like deadlift that a conjugate thing that's, you know, kind of strains, not strain some, but it's like hard stress on your knees or something on the squat protocols. Like I'll be like with the, the half mile lunges that kind of makes recovery a little tricky at times. But really, my body's adapted. I've done multiple streaks of 100, 200, 300 days during my career. And um, usually when I get deep past like 100, it, it really is just you're getting a good pump after you're done working out. You don't get super sore. But it's just like the best way to explain it is John Bros, the really good American Olympic lifter, said uh, it's just like walking to the store. Like literally, like if, if, you, if it's like walking to the grocery, like that's your norm. And when he challenged me about when he was referencing squatting that way, he was like, why can't you squat every day? Like you fucking walk every day. You do this every day. So when I started thinking those kind of measures, I was like, when I would have some of my high school athletes or some of the athletes, I'm like, you should be able to do 400 meters and not be sore. Like you should be able to go to practice. You should be, it should be your base level. That should be like your norm 10, 12 minutes doesn't even phase you. You should be able to adapt, adapt to that level. I think for me, one thing, I, as I got older, definitely 800 is better metabolically. I think like it keeps my metabolism faster. I can then cheat a lot more and drink more beer if I want and all that kind of shit. Like, and that's what I want, right? Cause I want a life. So it's, um, I think 800 is the move for me. Cause I've noticed always the biggest body change. I can stay under 190 usually once, once I build up so I can compete at 181. That's where I'm the most competitive at. Um, so yeah, that seems to be the move, but it is, it's daunting at first. Mm. Um, the first 
12 or 15 days, even if you're in shape, if you do it right, you're going to be fucking hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done it a couple of times. Um, cause I, I was madly in love with uh, CrossFit. And so that was just the program a few times, but I'm just, I'm doing it. Um, so I did it a couple of times, 400 meter lunge at the track and it was, uh, no, it was good. And, uh, I'm going to do it again. Um, I'm going to do your protocol. And then do 400 after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm same as you. I got a powerlifting, my first uh, novice competition in three weeks. So then oh, yeah. uh, so I'll do that first time. And, um, so I was just doing a program, but then after that, I'll, I, cause I've been doing CrossFit for like 10, 15 years. I haven't really done much like different things, you know, like within that I've done different programs, but since I've stopped a couple of years now, I've been able to try out different programs and different things and stuff like that. So it's been fun. Uh, and that's definitely something that I'm going to, you know, give it, give a whirl and, and see how we oh, go. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one thing I read this book, uh, Gary Keller, I think it's Gary Keller. Um, that, is that your thing as well? You know, you said always weightlifting, everything centered around that. Like for me, I, I read the book and it was like trying to find that one thing that helps everything else work in your life. And I didn't really, I didn't really think about it. So getting into, you know, personal training and coaching classes and things like that. And I'd be able to do different things from that. And then I realized when I thought about it long and hard, I was like, I think it's coaching. Coaching is the, the one thing for me. Because I got to go overseas, like one of our girls, um, she came second in the world, uh, powerlifting, um, uh, what is it, no, no gear and stuff like that, uh, in Canada, Calgary, a few years back. And I've uh, been able, you know, been able to travel and do different things through coaching, although I just love weightlifting. What would you say, like, for your one thing, is, it, is, it, is the weightlifting yourself? Yeah, the, the weight, weightlifting is non-negotiable. I mean, it just, I, I think... I'm not near as nice or as productive or as motivated or as confident or successful. You can name any, I'm not any of those things. If weightlifting is not the non-negotiable first, I have to, I have to have that in my life. And I would say, I would argue that, you know, when the lunges were kind of taken away from me for a period of time, when I was a little bit uh, messed up, um, the learning part, I'm addicted to the learning, right? I'm addicted to the lunges because they give me a better lifestyle. They make me leaner and stronger. They allow me to eat more and cheap. Like they give me like that freedom. The lunges give me the freedom. And when I was trying to say like, okay, I'd go to these photo shoots back when I was younger. I'd be so fucking ripped. I'd be so fucking weak. Mm. And this is way before CrossFit and like that style of training. Like, you know, it was like very bodybuilder and you look great, but you feel like shit. And then when I kind of figured this stuff out, I was like, wait, I'm going to these photo shoots. It was like one of the last one or two I did. And I was squatting, you know, 400 in the photo shoot, but I'm peeled up. It felt awesome because of the change in the protocols. And so like when I started realizing, like I'm addicted to what I'm learning. So I can't wait to get to the track because of the book that I'm listening to at the time or what I'm trying to, you know, figure out and what I'm like going deeper in. And then the lunges and that application really just give me more freedom in my life and then contribute to my strength training and my metabolic rate. But yeah, it's the combination, but weightlifting always, if nothing else, if I had to pick, I'm, I'm always going to lift, but those, that combination is like, that's where like the secret sauce is, I guess, for me, just as a human, I think. Hmm. What do you, uh, what do you do for recovery? Uh, is it just cause your diet's so clean and, um, 
different things like that. You said you look after your sleep. Do you like, do you have a nap like in the later in the day or like 4am you just go all day and then have a good sleep? Yeah. Yeah. And I also try to manage, like I take like a decent amount of caffeine when I first get up, but I don't really take in any caffeine past 6am either. So I found out that if I would take caffeine in the afternoon, it actually makes me feel worse. So I like, I, if I, I just get, you know, my uh, pre-workout going with max effort in the morning that I take fat burner before I hit my lunges. So I'm taking like a pretty heavy dose, like between those two stimulant tech products. Um, but then the rest of the day I'm, I'm solid. And yeah, no, I think it's, it's optimized. I think through, you know, insulin being stable all day. Um, I take a lot of amino acids. So, you know, two or three scoops. So 20, 30 grams of aminos, 10 to 15 grams of glutamine every day. Um, making sure that, um, you know, my sleep quality is there. Like I, I have like a cutoff, like nine, nine thirty, ten. 10, like I gotta be in bed laying it down. If I start watching TV with my wife till 11, 11 30, like, and I, I do that sometimes, you know, cause I'm trying to be a husband, but the reality is like, I know I, I gotta have that four to six, like probably closer to like five on a regular during the week. And I can recover well enough. Um, I think also because I get out of bed so excited to do what I'm doing that it's not like I'm going to some shitty fucking job that I hate my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting up to do the thing I absolutely love to do most. And plus there's a brotherhood and I'm competing against other people. And there's accountability from not just myself, but the crew. You know what I'm saying? So like there's a lot of factors of why I don't even really think about it anymore. It's just kind of how we operate. And I look forward to it. And it's my time for me, like Corey, not the guy at Max Effort, not the guy on the app, not for anybody. It's just for me, the lifter, Corey. Like that's, and I think that that maybe is glossed over with a lot of people in their lives. Like they're doing these things for a lot of other people or for their work or for, I'm doing that shit for me. Now there's a business of me. Yes. But the reality is I'm going there to get, to try to make all-time numbers, to compete, to help the guys, to to take part in that. And so to me, that's like the fucking best way to start your day. I don't give a fuck what time it is. Man, that's powerful in terms of you know, how much energy and drive you can have just from following, you know, your passion and your love and can drive you all day pretty much. So unlimited energy. Beautiful. Like when you do what you love, like there's no like, I'm not clocking in and clocking out. You know what I mean? It's It's... It's, it's a kind of an unlimited supply because it's in line with how you're supposed to be operating. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's I get that energy comment, like people asking me about why are you so motivated type stuff all the time. I'm like, I, I don't really like think, oh, my, I got to be motivated. Yeah, there are days that are good and bad. I mean, like everybody, but I think my base level is still at a really high level no matter what, you know what I mean? Hmm. The, the can't relate. The people who are motivated, you and your boys use. I love that. Hey, cool. <laughs> he said they can't relate. Is all. <laughs> you got a shirt coming. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> nah, cause, cause you know everybody's so like sad and down on themselves these days. And I'm like, man, I can't relate to this stuff. Hey, eh? like, but I just give it to myself because it's just everywhere. Eh? It's like a, it's not a, it's a pandemic as well. Um, but it can't relate is yeah. It can apply to a lot of things. Yeah. That's fucking fact, especially <laughs> with the lack of discipline and this other shit. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Um, just a few more questions, man. Uh, vision for the future for, I guess you said, yeah, you sort of look at it each quarter type of thing, but 
is there is there some sort of rough uh, vision for the future? Something you you know, like to see for Max Effort? And- yeah, for sure. Uh, the way that Max Effort is growing right now, which is exciting, because we're starting to get a lot of younger demo, high school and college, which is kind of what I did with my first supplement company. So, and I kind of saw how that really mushroomed by being in that age demo. So that's really exciting. But then also with me being going to be 44, I'm also getting people that are in their forties that are taking notice of how I'm operating. So what's interesting is, is my son's age group thinks that max effort's cool. And I think that my age group mm. thinks that max effort's cool. Right. And then all the, the ages in between are really most of the ages of the guys that work here. So it's like, they got that age because they know what's relevant and cool. And so it's like, I think the, the age demos opening up and that's really, really interesting because if we can truly operate in that wide of a scale, um, I think that the, the growth could be unlimited, but I'm also not forcing the growth. All we're doing is organically building and, um, and we do some advertising, but very low amount. Like we're, we're just really trying to build a brand that people are like, if you know, you know, and we want more people to know, don't get me wrong. But like some of the wrestlers have have kind of spoken to me about like they see somebody on the campus with a max effort shirt, they're like, they probably fucking work hard or they get it. You know what I mean? We I want to be continued to be that band that not everyone knows about, but the real ones know about. Mm. And that's the best way to explain it, right? So I feel like we have that kind of vibe going on here in the States. And I think that. Um, we can continue to just grab market share and grab quality people that are about it and that are going to stay because I'm going to offer the value. We're going to offer the value. Like the app is offering the value. Dustin's offering the value. The team at Max Effort is offering the value. The value is going to be there. We market different than everyone else. We operate different than everyone else. Um, I feel like we're one of the, the most real companies out here right now. So it's just a matter of time, dude. Uh, it's just a matter of just continuing to execute and believe and grow. And so, yeah, I mean, I believe it can be, you know, uh, eight figure business for sure. It's not yet, but I, I believe that that's definitely where it's heading to. Um, I helped build a nine figure. I've built multiple seven figures. I don't have the narrative where I built an eight figure. So I figure, fuck it. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Why not? Why not? Why not? Not us. Just keep asking yourself, why not me? Why yeah. not us? And yeah. that's the question. I've used you, I uh, used a little clip of you saying that in one of your podcasts. Well, I love that. I used to, I try to exert any, like when I hear podcasts, people say, why not? Because I, I love that thing. Um, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. glad I gave you that sound bite then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you could uh, put a message on the billboard for people to see, you know, on the way to work, school, or wherever they're going, what, what message would you put on the billboard? You know, busy highway. People were going to sit in traffic. What, what message would you put in the billboard? Probably the one I just got tattooed on my forearm. Um, to believe in things that you can, to believe in things you can see and touch is no belief at all. Mm. And even the unseen is a triumph and a blessing. That was a quote from Lincoln because I remember thinking what was possible, but I had to just believe that I could make it become a reality. And every project. I've been able to see it in my head very clearly previously. Maybe not the exact, but most of it. How I, how I thought the building that we're sitting in, the way I wanted to operate, the all of these things happened in my head first. 
Um, and then once I had that first win where something that was an idea became a reality, then I knew that all of them were possible, right? And then you obviously have to put action behind them and tireless, like consistency. But I think that people only believe if they can go like this because they can, it's here. But that's not really belief because you don't have to believe this. It's already a real thing. I already, I already have it. I don't have to believe in the iPhone. I got one. But, you know, so I think, like, that's hard for people to grasp. And I think that people, can, they quit daydreaming. They quit um, thinking what's possible. The, those things, I think, are starting to become a little bit of a lost art to some degree with a lot of people. So I think, like, I like to challenge that um, ideals to make people just don't, don't just close that down because of society or parents or whatever your limiting factor may be. I never really did. Um, there's times in my life where it's higher or lower, but um, it kind of goes in, you know, kind of, kind of dips and stuff from time to time. But when I got something that's really, I can't get out of my head. And even if it sounds outlandish, I'm just trying to find out how I can put things around it to make it a reality. Mm. And there's nothing crazier than saying, here's this idea for this company. Uh, here's the logo. Here's the idea. Here's what I want to call it. And then seeing all these people wear it and take it and um, tweet about it and whatever. It's, it's a wild feeling when you kind of go through that a few times, then your belief system becomes really high. And that's the reason why with my new tattoo, I got my old trailer. I grew up in tattooed above the quote, because when I was in that trailer, I just believed that that wasn't supposed to be my life, that there was, I was meant to do great things and I was meant to do something way different than what was happening. And I just told myself that all the time. And then I had to figure out how I can make it a reality, which I was able to do. So that's why, like every day, um, one of my friends, uh, I was just talking to the phone for a guy who says, I woke up, he goes, I wake up broken fat every day. <laughs> now he's got money and he's got apps. So, but he was referencing that um, he wakes up broken fat every day. And that's the way he approaches it. And I was like, he's not even in the fitness industry, but that's, but it's super important to him. And I was like, Hmm. I was like, yeah, I think I kind of feel that same way. Maybe I've never articulated it that way, but that's, um, that was, a, that was a kind of a, a good kind of reminder of like that day to day, like understanding that, um, you know, you can build something great if you just keep putting that work in and, and believe that it, it can actually happen. You're just not entitled to the time frame. I think people just give up too early. Hmm. No, I love that. I love that quote and that whole thought about faith. And that's actually one of the, my favorite uh, scripture is up on the wall in the background. It's pretty similar, uh, similar sort of thing. The whole faith, and things unseen. Uh, no, I love that whole um, whole thought. Um, uh, book or something you've read that's had a big impact on your life? Yeah, How to Raise Your Own Salary by Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie. Um, amazing book. It was written before Thinking Grow Rich. So Thinking Grow Rich, they teach a lot of uh, obviously amazing things through stories. Um, how to raise your own salary was very pinpointed chapter to chapter, self-discipline, organized thinking, like um, going the extra mile, which is like over delivery. And so it's a really like tactical way of how to operate hmm. from the Pulling Hill and Andrew Carnegie. Very, very, very underrated, not very well-known book that had extremely high value for me. Yeah. And lastly, just your definition of success. Hmm. Yeah, 
That's a really interesting question. Now, I've been asked that a few times, and I think that it's morphed over time, right? Yeah. Uh, definition of success for me, like, but here's what's also really interesting about that. I thought I was successful in the first gym because I wasn't really probably supposed to be there. So at 19, or I'm sorry, at 20, when somebody hands me a $20 bill to teach them how to do bicep curls as a personal trainer, I'm already feeling successful because there's no path. There's no one to look up to. I didn't even know if it was possible. At 20, because I turned 21 when I was in my first gym, I'm a, a business owner of a very small studio. Actually, this, <laughs> this like recording studio is actually bigger than my first gym. My gym was like at 900 square feet. I think this is 1,100 square feet, which is fun. I wish, I wish it looked like this, actually. So it's like the things that um, I felt successful so young because I wasn't maybe supposed to be there, didn't think it was, I didn't even know if it was really possible. So then anything past that point has, that has allowed me to continue to grow and do what I like to me is feel successful because what I saw previously was people that dislike their job and that struggle to pay their bills. That to me doesn't feel like very successful, right? Now, that doesn't mean that you're a shitty person because that's the way you're operating. That's just not the way that I wanted to operate. I wanted to like what I do and I wanted to be able to, you know, create a financial structure for my family. And so like, to me, that I think in my mind is what uh, I label success. It wasn't, uh, there's no social media. So it wasn't based on followers. It wasn't based on a certain lift. It wasn't based on how I looked. It was based on, can I do something I love to do? And can I progress my family to another level from where it was, you know, coming out of these coal mines and my dad was a truck driver and a miner both. And that's, I think, Probably so. I get up, you know, each day, fighting to protect what I believe is been successful for me and how I feel successful and accomplished. But I know it's not, it's not given. It's only earned. When there's any type of bonuses or any type of things that happen around here, or even we have days off or whatever it is, and the guys tell me thank you, I always appreciate that. But the answer back is it's not given. It's earned. You think I'd be giving anybody days off if we sucked? Hell no. Or there'd be bonuses going out if we weren't delivering? Nope. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that I just get up trying to earn continued success, but I feel successful and, and I and I worked really hard for it, but mostly it lies on not a dollar or uh, a thing. It mostly lies on like enjoying what I do and then being able to have an opportunity to build a different financial structure for my family. Hmm. Do you, do you think that growing up poor and all that sort of, you know, giving you that intrinsic motivation and drive, you know, is, is like a big advantage? Huge advantage. Uh, I just wrote a new book, um, how to build confidence and win at life. And I told, I wrote the other book, the mindset manual before this, and they both have a lot of stories about when I was young. And I always tell my mom, she's, she always gets kind of weird about it sometimes because she feels like she's a failure. And I was like, Ma, like maybe that was rough. You're just trying to survive. Like she wasn't really making progress. She was just trying to survive. Those, those are different, different kinds of situations. And she didn't really have the resources or even it just was a bad situation back then. And I told her, like, but if I don't go through those things, 
I'm not even close to being me. It's just not possible. You have in this book, I tell a lot of stories and similar to like thinking grow rich, like trying to have you put yourself in that story, but your version of that story, because some people have, I think the motivation potentially right there, they don't know how to draw it. Like I would draw on that in the worst times to get me through things. I would draw on these things to make me a better business person and trainer and, and hopefully just person in general, I would use these things as like motivation and drive. And I think some people use them the opposite way. They're hooked on drugs and they're, they're demotivated because they think they got dealt the wrong card or whatever it is. I never use stuff that way. I always did it in a positive manner. Um, so I think, yeah, like there's no way I'm even close to the beast that, you know, I've built over all these years if I don't go through those things. Mm. Like my mentality would be completely different for sure. Yeah. I always thought the same thing, like in terms, because growing up poor, I think one of my gifts is being grateful. Like I'll be with out with friends or whatever, hanging out and, and we'll get something and they'll be like, oh, any one or two or. And I'll be just like happy, like super happy with whatever, you know, whatever happened or whatever the, whatever we um, were blessed to get and that type of thing. And so I think um, I didn't realize until later on in life that it was a bit of a, like if you grow up on like a bed that had springs poking out of it, then when you have like a normal, any sort of mattress or whatever, you're like, this is, this is awesome. But then, you know, other people will be like, but it's missing this. We don't have air con or you know, that type of thing. So no, I think that's awesome. I definitely think as I got older, I'm definitely more grateful for stuff. And, and all that is um, spanning from the early parts of my life. Like I, I try to look back and not look, you can easily get out of touch and it's definitely happened at times, but I try, I try to do a decent job about it. That's why I like going through things like the book. Cause it reminds me of all the stuff, you know, it's been 20 years or, or more since I've been like that. So sometimes you know, you, it's easy to forget. That's part of why I have these motivational things kind of tattooed on me and around me. And I like to post throwback pictures and the reminders of, of how you got here and what it took are, I think, really important to continue, you know, growth too. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Corey. I, I know you got another show coming up. Um, really appreciate your time sharing with us and, you know, being a big inspiration in you know, my life and, all, you know, many other people out there. It's been a pleasure. I, I definitely want to come out uh, one day when this uh, whole pandemic rubbish clears out and uh, visit visit the the Mecca, the Midwest Mecca. That's right, eh? Is that right? Midwest Mecca. Yeah, if you're going to come all the way from New Zealand, bro, we'll let you train here for sure. <laughs> sure let, make sure if anybody has any questions, um, everything's at Corey G Fitness, yeah. maxeffortmuscle.com, um, on social too, and uh Make sure we can get this episode from Kyle, too, because we'd like to put it up on the site, too. I think a lot of people can get some value. These some great questions, and thanks for having me on. No, thank you. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Good brother, right. See you. Later.